If I remember, in 2000, I went to a Women's World Daily Summit in Key Largo. I will never forget that. I just launched my line, and Mr. The Legend, Leonard Loder, was on a panel. He started talking, and I'm listening, and I'm thinking, okay, I have to ask a question. So I raised my hand. I said, Mr. Loder, my name is Anastasia. I just launched an eyebrow brand, and I need to know what do I have to do for your company to buy my company? <laughs> Do you remember that? He had his chance and he blew it. He blew it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Nordy Pod. I'm Pete Nordstrom, president of Nordstrom and your host for this podcast. Join me as I take you on an honest, authentic journey through our company and introduce you to many of the fascinating people in my life, one episode at a time. In this episode, we're going to take a special trip down to the beauty floor here at our flagship store in Seattle. And to help show us around, I've roped in our divisional merchandise manager of beauty for Nordstrom, Deborah Redman. Sometimes meeting customer expectations can be difficult. When you have an individual that walks in that may be blonde hair, blue eyed, but they bring in a picture of Jennifer Lopez. And they say, and I want like, to like look like this. But you don't look like that. And so then you have to kind of pick apart and go, what is it about Jennifer's look that you like? <laughs> you learn real quick to start asking a whole lot of questions. But before that, I'm excited to share my conversation with a true superstar in the beauty industry. Recently, I was invited to attend the Women's Word Daily Beauty CEO Summit and had the great pleasure of speaking on stage with the Queen of Eyebrows, founder of Anastasia Beverly Hills, Anastasia Soiree. Now, I don't personally know a lot about styling eyebrows, that's for sure. But what I do find super fascinating about Anastasia is her uncompromising entrepreneurial spirit. She found an untapped niche in the field that she loves and has built a cosmetic industry empire that competitors cannot ignore. You'll hear all about that startup journey and her incredible success along the way, garnering respect from the likes of Oprah Winfrey and becoming a go-to stylist for big-name celebrities like Cindy Crawford and Jennifer Lopez. Anastasia's breakthrough techniques and products have radically changed the industry. And we here at Nordstrom are super grateful to have had the opportunity of partnering with her in this groundbreaking movement. So let's get into it. Good morning, everybody. So I was at some friend's house this weekend. They said, oh, what are you doing next week? Well, I'm going to New York. What are you doing? I'm giving a talk to, like, at the beauty summit. Like, my friends, oh, okay. Like, about what? Well, I'm talking to this woman who's kind of like the leader in eyebrows. <laughs> so I got to laugh from my friends that this is what I'm doing because what could I possibly know about any of this? And that's true. I don't know a ton. But the good news is here today, we got Anastasia here who's going to tell us about really 
what's been a remarkable run for you and all, all the success you've had. So first of all, thank you for being here and being part of this. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, okay, so we don't have a ton of time, so we're just gonna go straight to the hits here. And then we'll leave, it, leave some time for some Q&A. So really, if not for my knowledge, but everyone else's, it'd be nice to know kind of how did this all start for you? You know, where did you come from and how did you come to be the person that is the leader in the eyebrow, you know, category in, in the beauty industry? Yes. Well, that's a big, big question, so go for it. That's a big question. So I emigrated from Romania, and I saw a void in, uh, in the beauty industry of eyebrow. Nobody paid attention to eyebrow. I was working as an esthetician in a salon, and before having a facial, I used to get my eyebrows tweezed. And that was the point where I really, uh, having a, a training in technical art and being introduced to Leonardo da Vinci theory of um, golden ratio, I start developing a technique on how to shape eyebrow according to everybody's bone structure and natural shape. Yeah, it's interesting. So was it really done at the scale you're doing it now, or were you literally someone that pioneered this in terms of what I'm thinking about, something that not just happened at salons one-on-one, -on -one, but became a business that could be like in a place like a department store like Nordstrom? Well, it is, first it happened in a small room that I was uh, renting, and then there were no products for eyebrows. I opened a salon in Beverly Hills, 438 North Bedford Drive, that is our heart. And uh, I started doing eyebrows, and there were no products for eyebrows, and I started developing an eyebrow uh, product line. And to my joy, Dale Crichton, Peggy Mansour, and Debbie Harley, that is here, came and visited the salon because I was working with a lot of celebrities. Well, how did they know about you? Because I was on every single magazine. The okay. beauty editor really believed and supported me, as well as my clients, and they found out, and they wanted to have the line in Nordstrom's. I wasn't expected, but of course I was very happy to, to hear that. So at this point, you're talking about a line that you were going to sell wholesale, or was it about the services you were going to teach our people how to do that's, this? That's a very good question. So I had the products, and at that time, I really believed in having the brow studios in Nordstrom's as well the products, because the customer wasn't really aware at that point. I'm talking about 2000. Using the products had to be an education for the clients. So um, we had the meeting in Seattle and uh, I convinced your team to really open brow studios in Nordstrom. And we have 72 brow studios in Nordstrom right now with trained aesthetician with my technique and they will consult, they will teach you how to use, what products are perfect for you and uh, so on. So this all started in, in, 2000. in 2000. And you know, so you've been doing this You've been in business now for 25 years, is that right? Yes. And yes. we're celebrating 25, 25th anniversary. Yes. So, so here we Amazing. are. Amazing. Amazing. But I think what might be interesting to everybody is really, it's an entrepreneur story. I mean, you, you came in and you created something, and then you worked, you partnered with us to amplify that and, and make right. that work. So how did it come to be? that Nordstrom became the vehicle. I mean, you talk about Peggy and Dale coming and meeting you there, but was that something that was part of your plan? Like, I want to see how I can get into a department store? No, it wasn't my 
plan. I mean, I believe in, in my craft. I wanted to become the best in what I did. I created products because my client couldn't you know, achieve that perfect eyebrow uh, shape and arch if I didn't have some products. Uh, I thought I would sell it in the store, in my own store, but uh, Dale and your people from Nordstrom, they had the vision, they thought this is an incredible addition to our um, beauty uh, offering to our customers, and uh, they came, and of course we made the deal, and was an incredible journey for me, because you, they believed in, in my craft and, and everything I've done, and after that, we opened the brow studios, and in, this was in two. And then, of course, in 2007, we launched in Sephora and then uh, Ulta as well, Macy's, Dealers. I Why'd mean, you do that? You're killing me. <laughs> well, because we had to I'm grow, kidding. of course. As a brand, everybody aimed to, to grow and, and have more clients uh, reaching out to the, the, the products. So I'm, I'm interested, uh, again, like how... You know, so we, it was serendipitous, I suppose, that our people showed up and that created this opportunity. But we deal a lot with new brands, new vendors, like how do I get at Nordstrom? How does that work? So I'm, I'm, I'm interested if you could play back to me what it was like working with the Nordstrom team, since there really wasn't a blueprint for this. I mean, it's almost like we had to create this yes. on the fly, right? Yeah, it was very interesting because Dale and um, your team came and, and I had a meeting in, in, um, in your office and they couldn't understand why I, I really want to have a brow studio because in, in 2000, really, people didn't understand how to use the eyebrow products. And I think, to my um, uh, knowledge, working with so many celebrities, at that time, in 2000, I was working with so many, Sharon Stone, Jennifer Lopez, um, uh, Heidi Klum, all the super. So how did you get connected to all these celebrities? Was that just a word of mouth thing that yes, was happening? Yes, it was a word of mouth, exactly, word of mouth, and beauty editors that supported me, and they believe in, in this new uh, transformation, because eyebrow is such an important feature on our face that it really brings balance and proportion. This is science combined with beauty. The, the base of my technique is definitely kind of scientific. I didn't discover, but it is. I recognize it and I use it in my technique. So I think that was really important and everybody, I mean, once you see an, somebody that gets their eyebrow properly done, you see the difference. Human, human eyes encoded to recognize that perfect balance and proportion. You know, we were talking about a little bit in back, but it makes total sense that once you get going out, you get a customer hook and it yes. it creates repeat business because yes. you know they're gonna they just don't do it once a year. They're probably gonna do it. it's like getting their nails done or something. So it's fascinating. I think on our end, you know, not only are we doing business, but that we're creating trips yeah. in the store, which uh, is great. What I loved so much about partnering with Nordstrom, you had the best from the beginning, the best customer service. I, and I really, I'm a customer centric. I believe in the customer. The customer needs to understand. The customer needs to learn how to, to create, to use the, all the makeup to create that perfect balance and proportion. I don't want to change my client. I want to give my clients the tool to create a better version of themselves. And that that comes with 
understanding how you use the product, how you use it and you blend. Like if you look at my products, I, every tool, I design even a brush or a pencil, I design a brush, a spoolie brush. And, and I cannot tell you that brush number 7B, when I, when I, in 1999, I started making that brush, I didn't know what patent is. I should have patented that brush, because right now it's everywhere. The brush that you apply and with the spoolie brush. Because I needed, I had like 100 clients every day, and I had to be very efficient in all my movements. And uh, you apply and you blend for more natural look. So everything that I've done I, it was to create, to perfect my skills and to, to offer the best product that I could give to my clients to achieve an effortless um, eyebrow shape. So talk about how you've been able to leverage this and make it happen in all kinds of distribution points across the country. Because what you're talking about originally when you did it, it was you. So yes. you're the person with the reputation. You're the one that did this work. How were you able to leverage yourself and train a bunch of people so that this service could be provided a really high quality across a number of different touch points? Yeah, I had, to, and I started working with my daughter when she was in high school. So um, I trained her, and the way I trained her, I, later on I trained all the other employees that I had. Um, what was very important was the quality of the work. So training was very important for me in the quality of the products. I wanted to create the best products and the best service. To me, I think it's the longevity of a relationship with your clients. I don't want a client's one-time client. I want a repeated client that will come back. Even if sometimes we women, we like to try other things, you know that she will come back to Anastasia. So um, I form a, a beautiful and wonderful team because Anastasia Beverly Hills is not only me. It's a hardworking team that was able, I, I was able to train them, they will train the trainees and so forth. But I used to go until 2012, every Sunday and Monday, to all the events at Nordstrom's with my daughter. We used to have the carry-on and do the events, the, the master trend shows, yes. Oh, the trend shows, The yeah. trend shows. So every Nordstrom trend show, I was there myself with my daughter. I will wax eyebrows and my daughter will teach yeah, the Those client. events are crazy. I always, how do we possibly get hundreds of customers to show know. up on a Saturday morning like 7 a.m. to yes. sit there in a chair out in the mall and Cheering get Cheering up, yes. I don't know how you guys do it. Yes. Yes, they did. They did a great job, and we were there. And this is how we trained the esthetician that worked in Nordstroms by watching me. And, and I will tell you a funny story. I don't know if Debbie still remembers. Uh, you opened the Nordstrom Michigan Avenue, and I did um, Oprah Winfrey show at her Harper production um, office. And I told her I'm here to do the opening, to be at the opening of Nordstrom Michigan Avenue. And she said, oh my God, I love Mich uh, Nordstrom's. Please say hello. That, That's yes. good. So not only that, I am there doing eyebrows. I mean, eyebrows after eyebrows. I work so long hours, and somebody comes from behind and gives me a hug, and I'm thinking, I'm so tired, I can't take this hug. So I look up, and it was Oprah Winfrey. She came to the opening to support me and support wow. Nordstrom opening. Do you remember, Debbie? Yes, it was amazing. It was, so that is the power of the eyebrow. Women believe in men. It's true. That's the power of the eyebrow. 
really, um, I got so much support from everyday clients, all my clients that for so many years supported me, make me believe in that this works, even so all the businessmen didn't believe it in. And uh, as well, uh, developing a relationship, a friendship relationship with, with my clients and my celebrity clients. We became friends because I care for them, they care for me. It goes both ways. This is how business is built. Okay, so this brings me to my next question. So obviously you have a great product, it's a great service yeah. that creates its own halo and opportunity for you. Yes. But it's also true, and you've mentioned a couple times, you've, you know celebrities, and being connected to celebrities has obviously helped amplify your brand, your name out there. So in, in service of that, and I know a little bit about this, but you recently just had a party, right, for you celebrated the 25th anniversary, and I, I got some pictures from our team that was there, and, um, it was a star-studded event. So can you talk a little bit about how you've created actually a relationship where you guys have become friends and this has helped enable your brand? I believe that every relationship, every customer you could build a relationship with. And of course I had the support of everyday clients but the support of the celebrity clients at the beginning. It's a relationship in Hollywood, it's a skill that you need to develop to maintain, to, to make a relationship with the celebrity and to maintain it for so many years. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is my client since 1992. That's a long time, but I respect her privacy. I respect the friendship that we build. And of course, it's important for my brand. I mean, I've been, my Oscar moment when in 98 I was on Oprah's show, that was my Oscar moment. I mean, to have Oprah saying, oh my God, look at my eyebrow before and look at after. That's incredible. Okay, so, so who else was at this party? I'm, gonna, I'm digging <laughs> right into this. Pete, I was I, not invited to this party, but... You know why? Because there were only women, but well, that's, Debbie that's was that's a good there. reason. You know, it was a good so, reason. So who else, to give these guys an idea of what we're talking about here, like who else was at this party? Wow. Besides um, Debbie and you. Debbie, well, you should follow Anastasia Beverly Hills on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Pete uh, p podcast, because he's going to talk about that. And you will see who was there. But um, I mean, it was Miss Oprah Winfrey, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Kim Kardashian, Kris Jenner, Sharon Stone, uh, Cindy Crawford. She was my first client. I mean, I was, it yeah. was a, an incredible, and you know what the funny thing was? I sent, uh, I have much more client, celebrity clients, I invite them, but of course everyone was in Africa. Naomi Campbell was in Africa, and, and a lot of people, Eva and um, Eva Longoria and um, uh, Victoria Beckham were to a wedding in Miami, and they couldn't come. After the, the event, they said, like, ah, I wish I would fly from everywhere to be present to that uh, dinner. It was a, an incredible, authentic way of showing the support that people are willing to give, to support, because this is what it was. It was so incredible uh, to, to see women trying to support another woman. Well, it says a lot about you, that Thank everyone you. would Thank go you. do that to celebrate your business. That. Thank you. Uh, it's super impressive. It's almost like, you know, you talked about the stuff that you did pre-internet and all that, yes. that created you know, influencer type social media buzz, and you did it before there was really social media. Well, in 2012, my daughter, when she came to me and said, Mom, I, it's this app, we need to have a presence, it's called Instagram. 
I said, okay, let's, let's see what this Instagram is gonna do. So we posted one video or a picture of the BrowWiz that is our bestseller. We're teaching the client how to use the product to achieve the perfect eyebrows. And of course, we read every single comment. One comment was, oh, I wish I would have this, I could buy this pencil. And, I, and in the comments, I said, can you send me your address? I will ship you one. And she said, no, it's impossible because I live in a small village in, I don't remember, India or Pakistan, but it was so far east. And at that moment, I realized the power of Instagram. I will never be able to reach somebody that far. And then I, of course, I, we, we put all the, the engine in power and we build, we were the first uh, beauty brand to have a presence on Instagram. Uh, in 2012, by 2014, we launched the makeup line and uh, that was the second most important uh, stage of our brand because we promoted through Instagram. We didn't have the money to promote uh, everywhere else like the, the big guys and Instagram was incredible for us. I got one more question for you before we turn yes. over the Q&A from the audience. So I like to do this with any of our vendor partners. So I'm curious what advice you have for me and for any of the retailers in the room about how we can, first of all, do a better job being a partner with brands like yourself and how we can just do a better job serving customers as you know, things have evolved and changed so much that we need to keep yes. evolving how we do it. I think, I see in Nordstrom, Sephora and Ulta and all my partners, I, I see partnership. I don't see anything else. So whatever is gonna be good for me is gonna be good for you as well. I think for Nordstrom's sake, I have clients that they still don't know that we have brow studios in, in Nordstrom's. I would love to find a way that we could let the customer know that, hey, Anastasia, you, you could come and get your eyebrows here at Nordstrom's. Um, I think that's one important thing. And, and another problem that we all have is getting the customer to be served. Uh, of course, it, the turnaround of employees, it is what it is, how we are able to create that um, customer happiness. I, I want the customer to evolve, to understand what is this product. Because you walk in a, in a beauty section and you are bombarded, there are so many brands. And unless you come there with a picture of your TikTok or Instagram product that you want, how you will be introduced to new products? Because everybody has incredible products. How, I think we need to brainstorm and find the best way. How we could service the client the best. That's great. All right, so we have some time for Q&A. Bring it on. Yes. Hi, first of all, huge fan of your brand. Wow. Um, so my question was, I saw you made a post sort of talking about the sort of 2016 huge, chunky brow moment that was a result of you know, people sort of overusing the brow dip. And I was sort of wondering, as a brand that is like so impressively like pioneering being online and sort of having and curating relationships with creators, how you're sort of able to keep people on the right track as far as like using your product in the right way, but still keeping up with the times and sort of the trends of changing and shifting brow shapes as well? Great question. So I think it's important for us as creator, me and my daughter, to, to not only teach the customer by constantly 
posting totally different shorter version of videos that will be probably longer version just to to get into how your eye where your eyebrow should be placed this is one then how you use what is the perfect product for you because if you have oily skin you need to use a different product if you have dry skin you use a different product how the customer will know so of course we post that on on social media and innovation i think is very important for us and I think number one, technology is very important right now. When we, when I create, I give you the best example, the pomade. In in 1999, when we created pomade, it wasn't waterproof. The technology was not so advanced. In 2014, we relaunched that because it, it now it's waterproof. It's a lot easier. We have a different tool to apply. Or uh, another, another innovation was the brow freeze. Three years ago, the soap eyebrow was very popular, but when the, the, so, the water will um, dehydrate, will, you will have flaky eyebrows. And me and my daughter, we spent long time, probably two years, to create this product that will create that laminated look without having the flakiness. So I think social media, it's an amazing way for us to be inspired, to listen to our customers, because we used to listen in a salon, but of course, social media, you reach a, a way broader audience and listen to what they want, kind of trying to understand what they like, and then you create products that they don't even think they will like, but you will create and they will be big fans. So constantly be alert, listen to the customer. This is what we believe in it. Yes, sir? Oliver Chen, TD Cowan, thanks. Hi Pete, hi Anastasia. What are you most excited about for store experiences of the future? What are some things that you're looking forward to in terms of innovation? I will let Pete. I'm gonna start. He's going to I wish I had a perfect answer for that. Um, you know, I, I think our thing is, Whenever we get off track, it's because we aren't staying focused, and you talk about in, in terms of where the customer is and meeting them where they are and, and being relevant for their lives. So I, I guess the only way I can answer it, Oliver, is to say I think it's put a finer point on the biggest point of differentiation that we can create is if we create a great experience for customers. And so that comes in a lot of different forms, but we talk a lot about being relevant for customers, and so that make sure that we're evolving how we're doing things. I believe in, in really customer service. I believe that we need to find ways with, of course, with our retailers to, to capture the attention of the customer and to be perfectly served. Um, I, I believe in the old fashioned way. My parents had a, a tailor shop and my mother was so loved by her customers because she would do anything possible to help them. Um, she used to do makeovers in like 50 years ago. So my point is the stores such as Nordstrom, so I think they need, we need to train and, and the stores need to train their employees to really give 100% attention to the customer. I mean, the other, I have to say, my mother loves to shop at Nordstrom's, so I took her there, and I, she wanted the belt. I went to the, to the belt, but I went through the beauty division, because I have to go. And the salesperson there, uh, that worked for, I think, Tom Ford, I said, I'm looking for a belt for my mother. She was so nice, she took me to the station. I came back and I had to buy some products, because she was so nice. 
So I told her, like, you see, I'm going to buy whatever you think I have to buy. I will buy it just because you are so nice. You come shopping more often. <laughs> I do, I do. Yes. Any other questions? Do you have any advice for a young brand looking to secure um, a long-term retail partnership? I think you need to perform. You need to have a great product that you believe in it. It has to be authentic. You have to believe in it. It has to do something, serve your, your customers. And uh, I, I think you need to really um, promote, find a way, if it's social media, because as you know right now, social media, TikTok, Instagram, every other avenue you could have to promote your brand. Stay focused on your goal and keep your vision. And, and at the end, you will get it. But you need to work nonstop. I have news for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just add to that that um, for us, we're not great at creating a brand and inventing something, but we're good at amplifying something that's good, that people are interested in. So I think that becomes, to your point, the Absolutely. responsibility of the brand. You've yes. got to really, really have an amazing product or service, yes. believe in it, be able to articulate it well, and then we can amplify that if we work together in the right way. Yeah, it's a partnership. That's right. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for questions. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And congratulations on 25 years. Really Thank great. Thank you very much. All right, so to continue on the theme of today's episode, we're going to take a stroll through our very own beauty department here at our downtown Seattle store to get a little taste of the kinds of services we provide and the people you might meet. And because I'm a little less familiar with the subject matter, I've invited our divisional merchandise manager for beauty, Deborah Redmond, to be our guide. Deborah's experience and leadership has been a huge asset to our team, and she really understands the nuances of helping customers through a department that can honestly be a bit daunting. So let's dive in and learn about some of the ways in which we are working to make your experience as a customer as efficient and satisfying as possible. So here we are at the downtown Seattle store, which we call Store One, and uh, we are on the cosmetics floor, which is a place I typically feel a little awkward in because I don't know a lot about these products, but it is always a place that is, it always seems like it's the busiest place in the store. So today we are joined by Deb Redman, who is our DMM for the beauty business, the cosmetic business. Hey, how's it going? Okay, there she is. <laughs> so why don't we talk a little bit about your history. So tell me yeah. when you got your start at Nordstrom and how you ended up in the beauty department. So I, um, I started way back in, you know, 25 years ago, but started on the beauty floor and literally... And where? Where'd you start? In Dallas Galleria. Okay. Part-time. But were you drawn to beauty or like, you know, you could have been selling shoes or selling clothes or whatever. Yeah. Why, why beauty? Beauty was one of those because I'm an artist at heart. I love drawing. I love painting. I love doing all of those things. So this allowed me to just kind of get in and explore that talent, but on a blank canvas, like someone's face. Someone's face. Yeah. It's a very intimate situation. It is. Is it awkward? 
It feels like it might be it awkward. It can be. It can be, but at the same time, because there's so much conversation that happens, if you truly get to know the customer before you put them in the chair. You can touch their face. You can touch their face. We always talk about shoes. We always talk about shoes being the most personal thing. But putting someone's shoes on is not near like touching their face. Like, what if you blow it? Did that ever happen? Like, you're, you know, like you're. So I can tell you, like, like you ever spin on, around the, the chair and they look at, it or you hold it to the mirror, like, well, oh, that was terrible. Because sometimes meeting customer expectations can be difficult when you have an individual that walks in that may be blonde hair, blue eyed, but they bring in a picture of Jennifer Lopez. And they say, and I want to like, look like I this. I want to look like this. But you don't look like that. And so then you have to kind of pick apart and go, what is it about Jennifer's look that you like? Because <laughs> you can get by just going, okay, sure, and I'll do Jennifer's makeup on you. Then they turn around and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much. And then you gotta tone it down. So you learn real quick to start asking a whole lot of questions. So it's kind of trial and error, right? (laughs) All right, Deb, so first of all, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what makes this department in downtown Seattle different from others, or what maybe is typical about it. Like for example, in beauty, one of the things that's interesting is Almost all the brands are in almost all the stores. Correct. But that's where we love this area. So you're in downtown Seattle. You walk in and you you have a little bit of what I like to call our decompression zone. So this does allow the Are we in the decompression zone We're in the decompression. I didn't know that. Now now I know. It's good to know. (laughs) You're in the decompression zone. But this is where you can get like a lay of the land. And this is truly our opportunity to really tell the customer what is unique to Nordstrom Beauty. This is where our beauty stylists hang out a lot so they can help serve the customer across all brands in our department. So as a guy that's been around this my whole life, but it's not, I'm not the customer for it. It always feels kind of overwhelming. There's a lot of brands, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Is that typical to customers coming in? Like, how do you make a customer feel comfortable? Sure. Because, you know, there's someone sitting around the counter and like, yeah, it's hard hard to know. So at Nordstrom, we have expectations that we like to ensure happen with each, or we strive to make sure happens with each customer experience. We greet them, we listen to them, we offer them a service, we sample customers because we love sampling, and then we sell things. Yeah. So the more that we can, again, break down those barriers and you know create a welcoming environment, then they're more likely to continue to explore. But that's also where like beauty stylists come in. So they're the ones that come up and say, you look, you know, how can I help you today? What are you looking for? Correct. And to which almost every customer says, what? I'm just looking. That's right. <laughs> I knew that's what was coming. Didn't even have to prepare for that. Exactly. I'm just looking. So I'm just looking. as we talk about this a lot, so how do you find a way to engage with the customer? Because it's just too easy to say I'm just looking, and then they're off and going. They're obviously looking for something they wouldn't be in Correct. here. So do you guys talk about how to greet a customer so it creates it starts a conversation? We do. We do. So let's walk this way. Can okay. we walk? Okay, we'll through walk Through the decompression we'll zone. We'll go through the decompression zone. So when you're coming in and you're, again, just looking and you're not quite sure where to start, so we, ta- we start with like our top categories. Also like our top picks. And these right here. Our on top the, picks. Our top picks. These okay. are picked by our customers. So customers will say four-star reviews. Anything that's a four-star and above review is actually on the end cap. And we do it again by like top categories, like eye cleanser, moisturizers, things of that nature. So how many different brands do we carry on this floor? Uh, roughly about 200. About 200. So yeah. how is the department arranged? It's ranged by skincare brands, by makeup brands, by fragrance, by, and by wellness. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. the different zones that we have? So this again, Pete, was one of those that we got really excited to invite our customers in when we designed this concept. So we actually had them walk through what we thought to be like a great environment for them. And then they came in and kind of picked it apart and told us, no, this needs to be here and this needs to be here. 
And to your point, what they wanted to see was makeup brands, like artistry brands together, because it made it easy so for say, them. Say what that means, you say artistry brands. Artistry is going to be like Charlotte Tilbury, Bobby Brown, Trish McAvoy. They like those together. Because again, it allows me to know where to go when I get in and actually navigate through. And then we've got new categories that are emerging, which would be wellness. Wellness is a huge one for us. Natural beauty, because again, our customers are telling us that's more important to them. And then men's grooming, not on the beauty floor, but separate in the, over men's, department. In the men's department. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we learned men don't aren't quite so comfortable. Coming up here, not so no, much. Not yeah, so not much. so much. So we create, you know, again, listening to the customer, where do they want to be? Yeah. What percent of the store's business is done in beauty, typically? 20%. 20%. Yeah. And in some stores, even more. Yeah. We're on a mission. And our biggest single brand that we sell at Nordstrom in the beauty department is what? It's Chanel. Chanel, number one. Hands down, which is reflective of their footprint. Yeah, they've got, <laughs> they got a nice big space over there. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, okay, so I got a different question for you. So, yeah. you know, with customer service being our main focus, and yes. is there anything that stands out to you about a lesson <laughs> learned around service based on your own personal experience of dealing with customers? From me personally, there was a moment, I'm new on the floor, I have a customer that comes up and she says to me, so like really what, what molded me as a salesperson, she comes up and she asks for two items. And so I grab those, service with a smile, walk the bag around the counter, my job is done. About 10 minutes later, I see the same customer now sitting in someone else's chair, so on the floor, like in beauty, it, we have some chairs. Different that, line. Different in. line. And they're having like a full makeup application done. And so I'm like, huh, she didn't ask me for makeup application. So then the salesperson comes over and has a very large sale, like $2,000. Which, that's a really good sale. Which is more than my mascara and lipstick that I sold yeah. her, right? So as the customer walks away, I ask the individual, I'm like, so did she ask for a makeup application? She said, no, but I told her to sit down. I had to try some new colors on her. I'm like, oh. So that was that moment of when I started looking around the floor going, who do I want to emulate? Who's our best salespeople? And it was more than just doing what meets expectations. It truly was like, how do I look to exceed the customer's expectations? Yeah, we used to talk about that a lot. It's the difference between clerking yes. and selling. Yes, clerking. clerking, just getting what they asked for. Correct. Selling is selling them something they actually didn't even know they wanted or Correct. needed, right? Correct. And we have a lot of that in beauty. You yeah. didn't even know yeah. that you needed it. No one really needs anything we carry, but Correct. they sure want it. And but that's it makes part you feel of the magic. Real good. Yeah, and that's the magic <laughs> of how this all works. You can compel people to want it. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing that's really abundantly clear when you're down here mm -hmm. is how diverse yes. all the different people and all the different backgrounds which lends a lot, I think, to the service proposition of being super inclusive. Yeah. Can you talk about it? I mean, yeah. It's like, it's all happening down here, right? It's all happening. It's a reflection of our society, for sure. Correct. And it, you must talk a lot about how to make this a very inclusive we and welcoming place. Yeah. We put a lot of emphasis, specifically with our department managers, on your, your department needs to represent the community that you serve. So to your point, it's like we work really hard, actually, with our brands to show up with diverse content, because that's really important. You can't just continue to talk to one customer. So we push them when it comes to marketing assets or just in product development. I mean, has the business changed a lot over the years? Because it's you're, it's such a broader focus. I mean, you're helping men, you're helping women, Correct. you're the whole LGBTQ community. Yeah. I mean, 
I gotta imagine it's a much bigger aperture in terms of the types of customers we're helping. Hands down, hands down. And the more that we can work with brands to create products that are truly inclusive, that's when we win. That's when we kind of go back to like hair care. Why do we have so many different ones? Yeah. When we talk about skincare, makeup brands, everything in between, it's so important that you truly are serving the community, right, that you that you live with. Well, it. you guys do a great job of it. I mean, honestly, it, it feels great down here. It feels super welcoming. Thank you. All right, I think we should go to the Anastasia counter see and see what's happening any. over okay. there. And we've got we've got a customer getting oh, the route. Oh done. gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we're going Misako. into the Anastasia counter. Hello. We're going in. This Hi. is Pete Nordstrom. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Misaka. 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 How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank I you. Just tell Hi, you I'm Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm Jay. <laughs> Jay. How are you doing? We're good. Can I tell you something? Yes. So I'm local, born and raised. Okay. I'm a Nordstrom girl through and through. You guys do amazing things for the communities. You have really beautiful outlets, like having Anastasia here. Jay's amazing if you get a chance to talk to him. Um, but you just have always been such a good staple. The service, outstanding. You guys really kind of connect this with your is, This is better than I could have imagined. This is going really well. And we've just met, right? This is all up and up. Yeah. Thank and if you. you ever have I should come down here more often. see Jay all the time. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right, so tell me a little bit about do you come here regularly? Yes, I'm in here at minimum every month. Yes. Okay. yes. So when I got to pivot this, so Jay, so tell me, is there a whole training? This, I mean, I was asking Deb, like, what it was like when you first mm -hmm. start putting makeup on people's face? That's got to be a nerve-wracking situation. Yeah. But you're actually doing their eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. And so if you kind of mess it up, they're living with it for a while. There's a little more. Of this. <laughs> a little more. Of this. You can't just wash it off. It grow back. But it was kind of a, a tough situation when I first started here because it was. Hide of the pandemic, it was applying makeup, touching people's faces. It was kind of like it really put a strain so on. So, had you had any experience this. doing this before? No, not so, like you that. showed up and we were like, yeah. okay, you're gonna do this job. And there was like, how long was your training? It was only a few days. We had to do it online, so it was all virtual. Normally, they send our trainer out. So, who the heck lets you practice on them? That seems like it's a high risk <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> Anybody and everybody that was willing. A lot wow. of employees built my, my clientele from the ground up. That is amazing. I love that. So what's Same. it like? I mean, you do this on the floor. I mean, you got kind of a half screen here, but it yeah. feels, I mean, are people self-conscious about that? Like, I don't I, know if I want to do I this on the floor. I that feedback. I feel like there's a good enough kind of barrier between the floor and here, but still open enough for other clients to see, oh, it's you guys offer this service. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Is it? I mean, obviously a lot of this is about you. People trust you, they come to see you. But tell me about the power of her name in the subject and the power of her brand. Yeah, I mean, she's really set the standards for brows. She dates back from like the 90s when she started. Mm -hmm. she, so do people know it or do you have to explain who she is and what people this is all just about? Know. I they feel know. like she's, to me, a household name as far as brows go. She's really made an empire just off of brows. Mm -hmm. Indeed she has. Indeed she she's has. Very I know, I know. I'm like, she's kind of like a rock star. She is. Yeah. She's a rock star. Well, and in a time she came out with brows when it was like pencil thin, like Pam Anderson pencil thin brows. And she was like, no, full, full is better. She took me a while to grow my back. I'm way over my head on this whole conversation. <laughs> Well, look at thank you. Thank nice you. to meet you. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's, you're so nice. Thank you. Nice job. Keep up the good work. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Well, that was fun. Yeah.
Well, that's the show. We're really glad you're with us on this journey, and we hope you keep listening. The easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the Nordy Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please take a minute to give us a like, a share, and a review so other people can find this thing too. For more information about the show, head to nordstrom.com slash nordypodcast or follow us on our Instagram page at the Nordy Pod to stay up to date on new episodes, announcements, and more. We'd also really love to hear about your experience with Nordstrom. So if you have a story about how you've received great service or even bad service, send us an email to nordypodcast at nordstrom.com. You can even give us a call and leave a voicemail, and you may just get a chance to talk to me personally on a future episode of the show. That number is 206-594-0526. So don't be shy. Drop us a line and be part of the NordyPod. And make sure to tune in next time when I sit down with Super Bowl champion and former NFL wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, Doug Baldwin. A lot of these guys in the NFL who play this violent sport, and I don't call it a contact sport because ballroom dancing is a contact sport, right? Football is a violent collision sport. And you have to be a little bit crazy to be in that sport and to thrive and and to do well at it, right? At the levels that we played at. And that comes from experiences, childhood experiences that thrust you into that mindset, into that survival. You know, the translation is like, somebody's trying to prevent me from putting food on the table. So they got to go. This conversation is so much more than a recap of a successful football career. We dive deep into the motivation behind Doug's work ethic and how he's leaned into his passion for helping his community post-football. So join us next time on The Nordy Pod. Mm -hmm.